Thank you, ladies. Okay, so now it's just an awesome time to... I just love worship. It's just something so satisfying with the soul. Um, Today we are going to be discussing fruitfulness. And I would like to take this opportunity to um, welcome our speaker, Miss Sue Galvis. Here she comes. Go, Sue. <laughs> Let's give her another round of applause. It's going to be hard to come up here, okay? Amen. Okay, thanks. That y'all are surprised to see me up here, huh? <laughs> Not as surprised as I am, let me tell you. Yvonne asked me if I wanted to help out with the B series. And I'm like, oh yeah, be the church. I'll fill backpacks. She said, no, 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 not backpacks. It's speaking. I'm like, oh, well, let me pray about that. And I'll get back to you. But being obedient, here I am. And uh, please have grace. Ah, Lord, thank you for this morning and thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for another chance to try and get it right. Thank you, Lord, for all my sisters who with me want to know you, love you, and serve you. I ask your blessing on all of us as we come before you, anxious to hear you speak to us for this season in each of our lives. Please send your Holy Spirit and fill us this morning. You be our teacher, and please, Lord, overlook my inadequacies and my shortcomings, Lord. I pray you help each one of us walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you that we are fruitful in all our good works, and most importantly, that we give glory to you, Lord, as we grow in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Well, I consider myself like a teenager Christian, not quite a baby Christian, but about 15 years ago, I came to Christ right here in uh, Calvary Vista, uh, January 7th, 2004, a Wednesday night service, and I had been checking out Checking y'all out for quite a while before then, you know, I wanted to make sure this was the real deal. And it, you are all definitely the real deal, and our Lord and Savior is most definitely the real deal. Um, and it's been quite a journey since then. And the reason I'm here speaking to you today is through the grace and the fruitfulness so many of you have poured out onto my husband's and my life. Um, it's a privilege to be part of this church family. And I cannot stress enough the importance of fellowship. Um, we keep each other accountable. We encourage each other. The encouragement is so important. And uh, we pray for each other and learn from each other. And, and I just thank you all for all your parts in my husband's and my lives. And worship team... Is that a gift from the Holy Spirit to be able to pick the song? I mean, thank you. You guys are, you guys are blessed. So last week's teaching, Ephesians 3.19 says, Be filled with the fullness of God, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, already rooted and already grounded, not rooting yourself, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth of Christ, To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Drop the mic moment, right? That should cover everything. Once we're filled with all the fullness of God, everything else should fall into place, you would think. Well, I'm not there yet, folks. 
I'm a do kind of gal, not a be kind of gal. And I tell you, from the moment I prayed on this, God kind of grabbed me by the shirt and went, okay, now listen. I'm going to take you through this. Just listen to me. And, um, boy, it's been an adventure, let me tell you. So my love language is do, doing works. If I love you, man, I'll do something for you. I'll clean your house, bake you a dish, drive your kids wherever, you know, whatever. And that's how I receive love, too. If my husband wants to show me love, man, he'll help me do the dishes at night. I'm there. You know, if he really wants to show me love, he'll finish one of the projects on the house. That would be, that's real, that's real love, you know. But it made me wonder, okay, what's God's love language? How can I show God love? And he tells us this week, he says, walk, walk worthy, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I'm like, okay, here it is. This is my, he's talking my language. Walk. I can walk. Please God. Be fruitful. Do stuff. Increase in the knowledge. Study. But sometimes I have to remember, I need to put the people before the projects. Because I want to bless people. Honest, I do. But um, sometimes I can get a little carried away. My husband and I went to the um, marriage retreat a couple of weekends ago. And they have, you know, those personality tests where they tell how you and your husband are compatible or not and why things are kind of going the way they are. Well, we learned about four personality types. One was the lion, the leader, the strong one, okay? One was the otter. Cut, you know, social, playful, fun, great to be around. The other one was the um, lab, uh, the golden lab, making sure everybody's feeling okay and everybody's taken care of, the nurturer group. And then there's the beaver, right? Those beavers get together and they build their dams, man, and you got to dynamite that thing to get it blown up and out of the way, right? Hello. Beaver here. I'm a little bit of the golden retriever too, but mostly beaver. So I'm like, well, that's not such a bad thing. If you want something done, you go ask a beaver to get it done and it'll get done, right? Until I realized, okay, beavers have sharp little teeth and sharp little nails. And if you get in the way of their project, oh my goodness, there's some trouble coming. So I was like very humbled at that moment and realized And I thought, well, now, wait a minute. There are other people in the Bible who have been like me. Martha. We're talking Martha. I tell you, I feel feel Martha. Because she was getting ready to host the Messiah. Not just anybody. Not just her Friday night fellowship group. But the Messiah. God of all creation in her home. Right? She was going to show him how much she loved him. I I can feel that. Okay? No doubt. When she heard he was coming, she's getting everything ready, right? Doing the deep cleaning for the company cleaning, right? Everything's spotless. She's doing the meal planning. She's doing the shopping, the food prep. And her food prep is like plucking chickens. It's not just going down to Vaughn's and getting Foster Farm, right? So there's some work involved here. So no doubt by the time the big day arrives, Martha is exhausted. But she's, this is it. It's showtime. She's going to Show him how much she loves him. Making that meal. And there's her sister, Mary. I I had a sister like this. She'd always have to use the bathroom every time the dishes were. (laughs) Don't know what was up with that. But anyway, 
I digress. Anyway, Mary's at the feet of Jesus, and she's just looking at him and sucking it all in and just taking in all of his words. And Martha's like, really? I need some help in here. And that's me, guys. I, I confess it. I've missed so many opportunities just to fellowship with my family and just because I'm in the kitchen or folding origami napkins into shapes that don't look like rabbits at all, you know. So this is why I've never volunteered for the decorating committee. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. It's okay. <sighs> anyway, Jesus tells Martha, choose the better. Choose a relationship with him. Get to know him. And how do we get to know him except through his word? Jesus tells us he is the vine. We stem from him. We, we get our fruit from him. And he provides everything we need to produce that good fruit. He gives us water. The water of his word. We need to know it. I tell you, there have been so many times in my early walk that I have just failed in this area. And I'm confessing here, and you, please, what goes in this room stays in this room, right? So when I was a baby Christian, I was in love with the Lord. I'm talking crushing. You know that guy in your high school class that's so handsome and everything he says is just either so amazing or he's so cute and he's so funny. That, that was the kind of love I compare it to because I loved the Lord. I loved Jesus and I wanted to tell everybody about my Jesus. But just like with that guy in your high school class, you didn't know him very well. You didn't know what he was like when he got away from the classroom and the kids and the group and at home and being cranky with his mom and all that, you know? So the Lord knew I needed to get to know him better. And boy, did he put me in places where I could learn to know him. Um, I was um, decided, okay, I am going to volunteer. This is how I am going to show God I love him. So I volunteered at a pregnancy resource center called Birth Choice. Amazing organization. Uh, and they do a really good job of training you up. And I realized when I was in the room counseling with the ladies, the training part I had down, but it was the witnessing part that I was really weak in. I could tell them how much I loved Jesus. I could tell them how much I loved him. But what I couldn't tell them is why and how he loved them. And for women in crisis... They've loved other people, and it hasn't worked out so well. That's why they're there, you know? They need to know why he loves them, and they need for me to prove it, and I couldn't do that. So I thought, well, okay, I need some help here. I need to study more. And I kept volunteering, and I kept at it and kept studying. And then Vacation Bible School came up, and, uh, you know, down from the life one step down from the, you know, life or death <laughs> situation, you know. And I thought, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a credential teacher. I can do vacation Bible school. So poor Tom Frazee, I came up to him one day and decided, okay, I'm going to step out. And Tom, I am a credentialed public school teacher, and I would like to help you out with vacation Bible school. 
wasn't Tom so lucky? (laughs) I'm like so embarrassed by myself. I went back later on and apologized to him because it was like, oh, what have I done? And he was so, so gracious, though. He just kind of stepped back and looked at me and went, well, we just need you to love on him. And I'm like, cool, I can do that. And he had the sense to pair me up with a seasoned teacher who knew what she was doing. And I got in there, and I realized I did not know those lessons that they were teaching the kids. I had to go home and study the lessons first before I came the next day. I mean, you talk about humbling. So I thought, okay, let's get more simple. Harvest night. What could go wrong? There's candy. The kids are in costume. Everybody's happy. They're eating. You know, what could go wrong? Guess where God puts me? In the Bible verse booth. Yeah. They pull out a slip of paper with a Bible verse on it, and they're supposed to tell me who said it or what the circumstances were about it and all that. And I'm thinking, cool, no problem. They probably have the answers on the back of the slip of paper. No, I was supposed to know them. Yeah. I didn't know them. Thank you, every one of you who were gracious enough to answer the questions for your children so that I didn't look like an idiot. And I thought, okay, this, this is really ridiculous. I need help. I need serious help. So God bless you, my friend, Rosalind Posey, who invited me into her home once a week for one-on-one discipleship and taught me why we believe what we believe. Jackie Ensminger had studies in her uh, backyard, summer studies, topical books that we would go through, Cheryl Brodison books, quite a few of them, um, about how the world teaches us and the lies the world will tell us. So I'm getting fed from both sides. I'm getting, this is what God's word is, and here's what the world tells us. And I'm learning, oh, this is why it's all so messed up. Our home fellowship group, um, a lot of you know Linda and Gary Newman. That was our first home fellowship group. My husband had just come to Christ uh, seven years after I did, and we began going to the home fellowship group. And um, that where I, I remember the first night in Linda's group, I told her, okay, I'm, I'm all in. I'm tired of walking the, the fence here of being a Christian kind of, sort of, you know, but don't tell anybody because it's an embarrassing thing, you know. And uh, that's where the walk comes in. These people walked the word. They went through, this group of people literally went through life and death situations. And I saw them walk it out. And I'm the kind of person that, you know, you can talk to me all you want to. But unless I see you walk the walk, the talk doesn't, doesn't cut it for me. I'm kind of a show-me girl. You know, they, St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. They showed me how to walk. Now we're in a different life season and a different group with uh, Cookie and Oscar Abad and their home fellowship group. And it's a different season and, and we're learning through them and their example how to go through the different seasons, putting where do you put mom, you know, uh, do we keep her with us? Do we put her with a, with a relative? Do we, you know, and then, you know, with the grandkids and the kids and their problems, it's like, 
Talk about a sandwich generation, you know. But they're guiding us by their example, and they're leading us through God's word in the truth. So, we talked about walking. I want you to help me out for just a second here. Everybody up on your feet, help me out with an illustration. And please do this, because I'll be really embarrassed if you don't. Okay. All up. I want you to turn this away and just walk a few steps. Okay, good. Go back to your seats, please. Good job. Go ahead and have a seat. You're so obedient. This is wonderful. I do what she's saying. Okay. Okay, this illustration is, did anybody walk backward? No, you walk forward, right? And in our Christian walk, we are not to go backward. We are not to dwell on the past. We're to remember our past because give God the glory from what he saved us from or saved us in. But we, we let glorify him, but we walk forward, right? Forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forth into the things that are before us. We're to press forward to the mark of the high calling of God and Jesus Christ. Move forward. Ladies, you are women made right by the Spirit of God. That same Spirit of Christ is in you. So walk with it. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. He's looking for you to show himself strong. Matthew 5.15 says, Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to God in heaven. That's a pretty scary world to shine our light in, though. Wouldn't you agree with me? Evil is being called good. Good is being called evil. Some of us are even being called hate mongers because we speak the truth in love. What are they going to think of us? We don't want to make them uncomfortable when the truth is, I don't want to make myself uncomfortable. What if they think I'm strange? Well, sweet sisters, if you've got the light light of Christ in you and you're walking in his word, they already think you're strange. In a good way. In the way the world needs a little strangeness going on. Right? And it's about fear. I'm afraid. Okay? We need to remember it's not about us. It's about God's Holy Spirit. Fear is from the enemy. Fear will paralyze you. It will cause discord in relationships. It's dictated by outcomes. We don't know God's outcomes. He can use us for whatever he wants. Fear will let you settle for mediocre because you're afraid to go all in. It'll make you hide in shame. Like when you're in the grocery store and you see that person that you really know you should be talking to, but you walk over to the frozen food because they're over there. Try and hide. I've been guilty of that. Fear of failure. I can't, Lord. I'm not capable. It's not about us. It's about God's Holy Spirit. Do not let the lies of the enemy make you fearful. This bears repetition. Repetition. 
We are women made right by the Spirit of God. That same Spirit that is in Christ is in us. Ask God to take the fear away from you. But remember, when he takes you from the place of fear, he's going to walk you through some little fearful places. Like talking in front of a group of very well-taught Christian sisters. But we have an intercessor. Jesus is our intercessor. Jesus knows us. He knows our fears. He knows our hopes, our dreams, our weakness, our strengths. And he knows the will of the Father. He's praying for us. That prayer will be answered. I just love the idea that Jesus is praying for me. I love it. I encourage you to share your testimonies. I believe with all my heart that people really want to know why we believe what we believe. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 35 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds in Christ. We are comforted in order to be a comfort to others. The world wants to know how we cope. I know I've been at funerals, family members, and my nephews have come up to me and said, Aunt Susie, my mom just died. Your sister just died. How how do you cope with this? And I I told him, honey, I know I'm going to see her again. I believe that I believe in a God. And he's like, well, what if you don't believe that? I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. We're called to walk worthy. To be worthy means deserving respect, admiration, or support. Well, I don't deserve respect, admiration, or support. And I can't do that on my own. But Jesus and his Holy Spirit can do that for us. Pastor Chuck told us that to walk worthy means to walk in love, to walk in purity, to walk in peace, And to walk in faith. Now I can do some of these things some of the time. But I can't do all of these things all of the time. Not without Jesus' Holy Spirit. And we're to walk fully pleasing him. So pleasing is giving a feeling of satisfaction or enjoyment. How can we give God satisfaction or enjoyment? Well remember he made us for his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God works in you to give you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's got a plan and a purpose for our lives. There's a reason for our existence. It's important that we know and accomplish that plan. By following Jesus' example, we can bring God pleasure. We can speak God's love language. He tells us to be fruitful in every good work, producing good results. 
I love what Warren Wearsby says. He says, love is really the fruit. Joy is love's rejoicing. Peace is love's stability. Long-suffering is love's patience. Kindness is love's grace. Goodness is love's virtue. Faithfulness is love's dependability. Gentleness is love's meekness. Remember, meekness, strength, under control. And self-control is love's discipline. Pastor Rob tells us that the Holy Spirit is seeking to make us into people who love unconditionally and give sacrificially. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Walk forward. As we grow in the knowledge of God, we grow in our love for others. And good works are the fruit of our relationship with Christ. The works are the overflowing of our relationship with Christ, not the other way around. We don't fill ourselves up with work and hope it pops out the top. We don't need to work to earn God's love. We've already got it. And we need to walk increasing in the knowledge of God, studying his word, because you won't be able to know who he is Unless you study his word. As we walk worthy and we increase in our knowledge of God, a transformation takes place from the inside to the outside. We get to see his hand at work and recognize it a lot more quickly. I know now I recognize God at work so much more quickly than I did 15 years ago when I was going to help God. You know, now it's like, Lord, You go. You're amazing. We get to be partners with the God of all creation in his plan. I'm just, sorry, that just blows my mind. We get to partner with the God of all creation. And as we obey him, he blesses us. The blessings, that's a, a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. So I encourage you all with myself, as God has taken me by the shirt and said, listen, choose the best. Choose a relationship with him. And out of that, a spirit of service will overflow. It will glorify God and you will be blessed. So many of you have been a blessing to me and my husband. I want to thank you all for being obedient and answering that supernatural call. Help me close in prayer, please. Father God, may we be filled with the knowledge and your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. May we walk worthy of the Lord, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May we be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, and may we have all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. In Jesus' name I pray. So I don't know about you, but I like when she teaches. I think we should have her back. Yeah, thank you, Sue. It was, it was awesome. Great study. Okay, so we're going to move into our response time today. And 
The vision laid out, since we're studying fruitfulness, is our awesome pastor's wife, Denise Salvato, thought it would be a, a fun idea to maybe have a couple of testimonies of how um, ladies in the body or elsewhere have just blessed them, how a woman has come alongside, like Sue mentioned Roz and Jackie and Sminger mentored her, and we thought it would be fun to allow you gals to see that opportunity whether it's a big or a small um, work of works or fruit or how that, how that lady has blessed them in their lives, how her acts of fruitfulness has ministered. So with that, we're going to have a couple of testimonies and then um, I will close with a couple of thoughts. So I'll introduce our first gal and her name is Janet. Come on up, Janet. Many of you know Janet. We've got about four t- um, speakers. And then let's see, I'll get your. Everyone, see, okay. Is that too bright for you or are you good? She says she's going to move back for a second. Okay. I couldn't see you. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. Look at every single one of you. You're like. God's masterpieces, and he loves you, and so do I, because there are so many of you that have, in various times, prayed for me. Um, First, I'm going to give a little bit of a testimony, and then I want to talk about an angel that um, God brought into my life to help me go through major trials. (laughs) Um, I have secondary progressive multiple sclerosis, and that's why I'm in the wheelchair. I I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was approximately 25, um, and I've gone in and out of remission. Mostly, I was out of remission. I mean, I was um, in remission. Very, very few people knew that I had MS because I was running around making sure everybody was doing what they were supposed to be doing. And um, I was a mom. So um, anyway, I um, went to the doctor. I started getting really bad, and I went to the doctor, and he said I was no longer going to go into remission, that I, um, you know, you go up and down, but now I was in secondary progressive, and I was going to go this way, and it was eventually just going to take me. But he doesn't know my Jesus. And so um, then I went in for a um, mammogram, and I, before I even left, they told me I had cancer, and I had to go in for um, a biopsy. And through the biopsy, an unbelievable amount of um, tests that my daughter was taking me to, um, I was told that I have stage 4 breast cancer. And I'm like, Lord, how can you have two terminal illnesses at one time? And he said, because I have work for you to do. And you're going. And then I was at a Bible study once, and um, Debbie Bryson said, don't let that wheelchair that Janet's in fool you, because those are the wheels that God is going to use to get her to places where people have no hope. And that's what he's done. But through this, um, I have so many people that have helped me, but I just want to name 
one angel disguised as a human um, that he brought into my life that was going to be able to take me to these places where Jesus wanted me to go to um, explain the smile on my face when I was dying, <laughs> when I was so sick. Okay, let me put it that way. That wasn't really good. Anyway, um, and so um, he brought, um, like I said, an angel into my life. You all know her as Mary Sauvigny. She, um, she displays everything of Colossians um, 1.10. When you read that passage, you see Mary. She comes to my house on um, Mondays, and we pray, and she brings me lunch. And um, sometimes when we would go, I had to go through chemo and lost all my hair. These are the roots I used to dye because I used to be a blonde. <laughs> but I decided I'm just going to be a grandma now. And so um, anyway, um, she, we decided, she decided, yes, she was going to take this on and take me to the chemo lab and, and do everything that needed to be done because it was an adventure for her also to see what God was going to do and how he was going to use my um, illnesses to touch and bless people. And uh, she wanted to be a part of that. And um, so we either take her car or my car. Um, so she has to get my wobbly self <laughs> up in my car. And it's a challenge. She has to throw my leg in and then push me in. And she does that. And But sometimes we go in her awesome, awesome convertible Mustang. We are so cute. <laughs> In fact, I even want to tell you this one story once in a while because, you know, she's got the top back and we're cruising when blowing our hair and stuff. Truckers will come by, but then they'll see me. And it's like, oh my gosh, little old lady from Pasadena. Go, Granny, go, Granny. I mean, if you know that song, you're old. But anyway, and so, yeah, we would go to the chemo lab and. She would drop me off, and then I have another precious sister that would pick me up and bring me home. And um, just over and over, things that would happen. I developed blood clots, and she had to take me in for tests for that. And um, just a, a lot of different problems that I had along with the cancer. And um, she, I, I wrote some of the things down that she did because... I knew that I would probably forget it all, but um, she took me to chemo lab every single Friday. Um, and she also takes care of an 88-year-old um, woman every day she goes. And I've gone out with her when she's in, in on this woman's birthday. We took her to lunch and uh, I mean to breakfast and, and just to watch her and how she treats this woman. Um, and, and takes care of her and makes sure that her coffee is perfectly sweetened and creamed. I mean, it's just unbelievable how um, she displays this fruit of good works. And so she take, took me for, I had a bladder infection, different problems. I had to have a blood transfusion. They ended up admitting me 
And so she stayed with me that whole time until they got me in and then went to my house to check on my dog. Because <laughs> I'm a little dog that thinks that the world revolves around me. And so um, just many things that she's done and continues to do. Now um, I have to go in. They stopped the chemo. And I have to go in now for um, injections once a month. To, it's a hormone blocker. It's amazing how they, the things they can do. And I still have the cancer, but my last PET scan, which she takes me for my PET scans, showed that um, it was shrinking with no new growth. That's what they're saying. But the very last one that I had said that there's a little problem with a regrowth in my liver. So if you would be praying for that, because it's in my breast, in my back, bone in my lymph nodes and in my liver um, and it's not completely all gone but you know it through going through this therapy that I go through they're hoping that it will and so I just um, what is amazing too about Mary is that we grew up together and this is God this is a God story right now we grew up together, but we didn't know each other. We were in the same neighborhood, going to the same little shops. I could just imagine us at Thrifty's getting an ice cream and God looking down saying, see those two? One day they're going to love each other. And we were in high school, you know. And then he brought us out to um, Oceanside as when we grew up. We ended up in Vista Christian School. Our children ended up at uh, Calvary School. That's how we met. And then we had this history of talking. Her mother was a secretary at my high school. That's how close we were, but we didn't know each other. I just We just wonder how many times we talked or saw each other and didn't know that this would, the Lord was going to work this whole thing out the way he did. And so... Um, then our kids ended up at the school. We were friends because, you know, small school. Everybody knows everybody. And um, then um, the kids grew up, graduated from high school. Um, so we ended up in Bible studies and retreats together. And um, then, I, like I said, I invited her to come and pray with, pray with me on Mondays and it just goes from there, how the Lord just used this amazing woman to fulfill his goal and um, what he wanted to do and how he wanted to bless other people through um, my trial. And um, I know that the Lord has a huge reward for this woman. It's going to take both hands for him to hold the jewel that he's going to put her in her crown and he's going to say to her, this is for what you did for Janet. So anyway, that's about my, my good friend Mary. I have to one little shout out. My daughters are amazing also. And if you've ever seen the woman that brings me in to church on Sundays, Gwen, she's my daughter's mother-in-law. And so we share our children and our grandchildren and Jesus. Because that's so cool. That's how Jesus, and she helps me so much. So anyway, that's my story. I love you.
just love that. Just thinking about listening to her and just reflecting on Mary's faithfulness, you know, to come regularly, to be there, to serve. And then even just reminds me of Jesus and just his faithfulness, the character, his character. He's faithful. Um, And even just the small things about the sugar and the cream. I mean, God is attentive to details. And yet you see from like the broad spectrum from cream to faithfulness and doctor's appointments, how it's not always the size of the fruit. It's the meaning that it carries, right? Amen. So next is Dee Dee. Where are you hiding, Dee Dee? Where are you? Ah, <laughs> this is Dee Dee Avila. She's our next speaker. Good morning. So I get to talk about my mentor mom. And in her humility, she said, don't mention my name. <laughs> That's just her all the way. So uh, me, I'd be like, yeah, say my name. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's awesome. Um, so she has poured God's wisdom into my life. And um, she has mentored me. And she is one of my best friends. You know how us women, we have like so many best friends. She's like one of them. And um, she's my sister, right? We're all sisters. And so I am, so I am a more godly woman because of her influence. Um, my husband jokes that he wishes he had a friend like her. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Maybe someday. But, um, so in thinking of what I'd speak um, about her and her fruitfulness, like, you know, I just think about how we all get fruit from each other, right? And our fellowship and our discipling of each other. And she's just like poured a big salad bowl of fruit upon my family and me and just like unlimited. And um, so, so one day I had a woman, um, a mature woman, ask me, so what is a characteristic of your mentor mom that you could share with me? What is a godly characteristic? Because she wanted to step into that um, opportunity for someone else and a couple younger moms. And so I took a moment and I thought, um, it was that she checks in with the Holy Spirit before she speaks. She, every question I've ever asked her, every response she gives me, I see her pause and then she answers. And it's like, I know that it's her making sure that the Holy Spirit is talking, not just her, her opinion. And for my own, you know, I, I blurt. I'm so eager to talk, right? I'm a mom, so I'm like, anyway. So, <laughs> so just seeing her pause and, like, be filled up with her answer, like, it's just, and it's always reflecting Jesus, her answer. So, um, let's see. So what discipline, wait. So she has um, the discipline to refrain herself from her boasting of her opinion. She's always reflecting God's answer instead. So I've shared all my struggles with her. She never, ever, ever, ever judges. Like, no matter what I tell her, she's just like, she takes it in and then glorifies Jesus in her answer. And, um, but she also does convict, so... That is good, too, because she's always leading me to Jesus. She 
If I um, say, for example, I am maybe worried about something or I claim that I'm concerned, like taking away the worried sin, right? So I'm concerned about something. We do that, right? Yeah, okay. I'm not the only one. Yeah. So she, so anyway, so I'll tell her what I'm concerned about. And I just love the look that she gives me. She just goes, you know that look, right? Yes. She just goes, you're sinning right now. Like she doesn't say that or, you know, but that's how I feel. She like, she's representing like God is calling you out on your lack of trust for him, you know, like just by a look. And I just go, Oh Lord, you're right. Like she is calling me out on my lack of trust for you. And that is a sin. So I think of this. Uh, so John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. All I need is that look from her, and I know I'm not putting my trust where it belongs, with God. She has produced that fruit in my life. So, And let me tell you, she's gone through some things, and when I see her like just talking about the issues and significant issues. There's sickness, there's um, just hurt in her family, and she's never concerned. She's never worried. She just gives all her trust to the Lord, and just like it's a matter of fact, she just has to walk through it, right? That's what we have to do. We just got to walk through it with God. So she also spends lots of time with our kiddos. Um, I can trust her to always be pointing to Jesus with her pointing them to Jesus. Like she comes over, she's had times where she's come over twice a week to spend time with me and my children. And at first I thought, who is this lady? Like I did a back, like I looked her up and I was like, who would volunteer to help someone else sacrificially for hours of their week? And it was just, I mean, it's amazing, right? It's I thank God for her all the time. Like how she likes me enough to spend time with me. I don't know, but she does. Thank you, God. Anyway, um, so it's just, uh, so she spent hours at our home just helping either homeschool or talking to me through my junk that I deal with or helping me paint my house. I mean, just always sacrificial for her and, um, and just with her relationship with me, it makes me want to pour into others like she has for me. So she is always willing to play with them. I don't know, you know, sometimes us mommies, we don't want to play. We want to get our stuff done. We want to be doers, right? Check off those boxes. But she is always willing to play with them and help them. She's a servant. There have been times where she has visited a couple times a week, but currently her life is calling her in other other ways, but it's like, I just know that she's so, um, she goes where God calls her and I hope I can do that too. I'm learning that right now. Just like, God, what do you have planned for me? And show me loudly, please. (laughs) Um, so she is always praying, um, before committing, always asking God what he has in store for her in the season, and she's always actively serving um, daily. She is going from one house to another to, I mean, she probably helps three or four people outside of her own family and just, it's a 
blessing to many. Um, She is a Psalm 31 woman. She serves her husband first and then the others God calls her to be her to serve and her fruit has been seen um, by many people uh, because of her willingness to serve others and her relationship with Jesus. I love her and you guys. <laughs> love, love, love that. I know who she's referring to where she's a mutual friend and she's blessed us as well. Um, this lady, she, I haven't, I mean, there's so many gifts out there, but I have not seen anyone with that. She's got the gift of helps, the gifts of ministry, and I've never seen anyone, anyone like her. I saw her husband once and met her. I'm like, I just love your wife. And he goes, so do I. You know, I'm like, yeah. But, but she's, she's unique. So even in the body of Christ, the, the spirit really does flow through her. So I'm thankful for that too. Um, okay, we have two more. Nicole is our next victim. Just kidding. She's our next share, our next friend. <laughs> Hi, Fred. I love you. Hi. Morning. Well, I'm already in tears thinking about who I'm going to speak about. Um, I had to ask her husband's permission because she's um, on hospice right now. Um, her name's Erin Gilbert. I don't know if you know her, but um, she's greatly touched my life. Um, when I sat down to pray about what I was going to speak about, there were so many things. I'm like, okay, Lord, help me speak what you want me to speak. And uh, what I wrote down next to her's name was graceful. Um, not only does she show grace, but that is an adjective that describes her which I long to be, but I'm not very. Um, She's just graceful and kind, and um, that just personifies who she is. Um, One of the definitions of grace is virtue coming from God, and that's what she is. She shines it. Another definition was elegance, and that's who she is. And I'm not talking about her clothing. I'm talking about her behavior. Um, just many, we've been friends for maybe 10 years, and as I've come to her with my complaints or my gossip or whatever I'm upset about, sometimes her silence speaks a thousand words. Um, I've been convicted just by her being quiet. And um, just the kindness she showed me. Um, she's uh, my friend who we've gone to all of the, thank you, all of the retreats together. And she's like the den mother, taking care of everybody. And just, I don't know, there's just something about her that's um, special. And it comes from God. And it's um, just in her good works. And who she is in her life. Um, I, I wrote down what Sue said. Matthew 5.16. Let your light shine before men. That they may see your good works. And glorify your father which is in heaven. And um, that's just her. It's what I long to be. You know, she was a social worker. Before she came, became a mom. And I could just see her. 
spreading Jesus everywhere to everyone. Um, she threw me a baby shower when I had a miracle child at 45. And um, that shower just wasn't for me. That shower was... Um, God answered prayers. And it was a big deal. A lot of people were praying for me. And that baby shower was a celebration of God answering those prayers. Um, I don't know. There's just so many things I could say about her. But um, she was silent in her works that were good. Um, I had a friend who was struggling financially. And it was Christmas time. And she put a little something in her mailbox so she could buy uh, gifts for her friends. I mean, for her kids. Um, I don't know. I just, I know she's suffering right now, so it's hard for me to speak about her. But um, I was, I'm a pretty tough girl, and uh, this has been a process. And um, I was driving the other day thinking about speaking about her, and I just let it all out. And there was a song on the radio. Um, Music really speaks to me, and God always sends me songs in the perfect time. And it's called Symphony. And um, I wrote the words down, but i got to write them with my glasses on. First, I want to say what I love about the Lord the most, I think is that he's so detailed, and he weaves all things together for good. And to me, that is just, he cares about all of us so intricately, and he knew this was going to happen. It's just the way I look back and see how he's weaved through it. That's what he's doing in the body of Christ. It's a symphony. It needs all of us, all together, doing good works to help each other. Whether it's small, big, whether it's to believers, not believers, it's important. And so the, word, the, the song is called Symphony. And it says, You say you're working everything for my good, and I believe every word. Even in the madness, there's peace, drowning out the voices all around me. Through all of this chaos, you were writing a symphony. And uh, he used that to comfort me about Aaron and as an encouragement, I just want to say, this is kind of a worldly saying, but, you know, it's stay in your lane. Um, but that can apply to us and our gifts and our works. As Aaron's been sick, there's a lot of meals going on and such, and that's not my gift. Um, I was feeling kind of guilty about that, like, oh, Lord, you know, I'm not going to be able to get food on the table to feed my family. So what I mean about stay in your lane was what God put on my heart was, I want you to go, and I want you to buy her a blanket because she's in bed all day, and I've been given the gift, sounds kind of weird, but of finding the perfect gift. And I pray before I go, and there it was. And her husband, Mike, has texted me about the blanket several times. That's comfort her. And I just... um, Just do what God's made you to do. Bless the people in the way that he's made you. Don't worry about what the other ladies are doing or compare yourself. Go with the gift that he's given you. And, um, I don't know, let's help each other out. Let's encourage each other. Let's do our good works without hesitation. When he asked me to speak 
today, or when Murr asked me to speak, it really is God asking me to speak, I'm like, no, I'm upset right now. I don't want to do that. And I'm walking through the house arguing with him. And he's like, you will speak. And I'm like, okay, Lord. But those little things bless and encourage each other. And we shouldn't say no to the Lord. Thank you. I love that. Love, love that. So we could just talk for that for a long time. Um, Many of you do know Erin Gilbert. She is a huge part of our ministry at Calvary Vista. And she's touched, she touches many lives with the things that she's involved in. So I think we should stop really quick and pray. We're okay with that? Okay. Lord, I know her situation, God, has affected so many of us. Just driving over here this morning, my heart is heavy and I was fighting tears myself. Um, It hurts much, Lord, because we love her. She loves much. And Lord, um, just full disclosure, Lord, I wrestle. I'm sure many of my sisters do too. I'm not the only one walking in the house, stomping. I remember hearing the news and I just like, it's not over, Lord. It's not over yet. While there is still breath, Lord, it's not over. It's not. And Lord, we, as a body of believers, we beseech you personally for the Gilbert family. On behalf of Aaron, Lord, we lay her before you. And Father, just as Carrie prayed that you're a miracle maker, it's not beyond you. It's not too difficult. Your word plainly says that nothing is impossible for you, for those who believe. Lord, we do believe. And Lord, we ask because we do believe, God. And Lord, I trust you with her life, Lord. It's something I've been struggling with myself, Lord, She's got kids. She's got two young kids, Lord. She has a husband. What are you doing? This is nuts. I don't understand. And Lord, as I've been wrestling that, you've been faithful to speak. And when I go pick up my kids in the afternoon, I turn on the radio to K-Wave, and it's usually Nancy Leda Moss Wagmuth, mouthful. And she's sharing her story about a book she just wrote. And the title of the book is You Can Trust God to write your story. And Lord, I have been grumbling. I have been complaining. I've been arguing with you. And you keep bringing me to this point that, Mur, it's my story that I'm writing. You have to trust me to write her story. You have to trust me to write Mike's story and Caleb's story and Grace's story. You need to lay it down before me. Your word, God, it says that you hold the breath of every living creature. And Lord, you are sovereign over everything. Blankets, details, you weave everything. You're sovereign, Lord. And I know this is a hard, but your word says that all your ways are loving and faithful. All of them. And God, I confess that I don't understand. I don't. And I know your word says, I think it's John that says, you may not understand now, but later you will. And Lord, I wrestle. And I know I'm not done wrestling like many of my sisters. And I'm going to wrestle while she has breath. Lord, I'm going to wrestle in prayer. I may not make meals either, but Lord, I pray. And my sisters and I, we pray and we beseech you. God, we trust you. 
above our emotions that you are wise, that you are loving, and that you are good, and your glory is preeminent, Lord. You have a master plan, and nothing falls through your fingers. Not her life, not her children, not her husband, not her ministry, not her fruit. Nothing goes through you without your permission. We acknowledge you, Lord, and we beseech you. We beseech you. Lord, hear our cry. Move mountains. I pray you touch and heal Aaron along with my sisters. We trust you to write her story. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So I have one last speaker, but I'm going to turn the tables on you ladies a little bit. We have seen the gals come up so far and share how a woman has poured into their lives. And I thought it would be fun and appropriate to maybe look at the glass on the other side. What is it like to hear from a lady who's done the pouring out? She's the mentor. She's the example. She's the fruit bearer. So I wanted to have a gal who's done that for so many ladies we love her. She's like the mama hen. If you don't know her, Ms. Jeanette Pierini. She's nervous, though, a little bit. So, yeah. I love you. You don't mind if I get comfortable, do you? <laughs> wow. Um, I kind of wrote some stuff down, but now I feel like my mind is blank. <laughs> Um, I do want to say, though, that there might be snow on the roof, but there's a fire in the belly, ladies, a fire in the belly. It doesn't go out, and you know why it doesn't go out? It doesn't go out because of all my sisters in Christ. What would we do without one another? I don't even know. I love all of you so, so much, and I can't even tell you how when I come here every Tuesday and Thursday to work, and one of you comes in, how it brightens my day and how it makes me feel so good that you know who I am. And I am nobody. Let me tell you that. I am nobody. I, I think you've all heard um, part of, if not all of uh, my testimony um, through some different things. But I just want to say that... Um, the Lord has blessed me with some gifts, and um, I've tried to use them to the best of my ability through his Holy Spirit. And um, through that, um, he has blessed and brought fruit into my life through each and every one of you. And the way that he does that is, um, well, you know, I lost two husbands, and um, some of my family is far away. But you guys have become my family. And in that, when I am feeling down, or I am feeling lost, or I am feeling like I don't know what to do next, somehow I get a text, I get a phone call, I get a hug, and I know what to do next because the next thing that I need to do is to keep on walking the walk and talking the talk. I need to fight the battle and I need to be um, 
in God's love. And how I get into God's love is by your love, how you all love me. And that means so much. I, I just, it just means so much to me. And in James three thirteen, it says, if you are wise and you understand God's ways, prove it, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. And I'm a doer. I've always been a doer. I just jump right in with both feet before I even think. I very rarely think. Um, <laughs> Holly's always telling me, Jeanette, think about the things you think. Um, uh, but, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm learning to be a uh, beer. I'm learning to sit at the feet of Jesus. And... I'm learning that from a lot of you younger gals because I'm seeing that as you're growing in faith, you're an example to me. And you are showing me what it means to sit at the feet of Jesus. You're showing me what it means to be humble. And you're showing me people like Mary Savignier. You're showing me people like Aaron Gilbert who dedicate their lives to bringing God glory. They're not thinking about themselves. They're thinking about others and how they can share their, their love of Jesus with one another. And that's what you all have done with me. And when you do that, not only does my life, not only am I blessed, not only is my life blessed, not only can I get up every single morning with joy in my heart and, and anxious for the day and ready to read God's word and ready to step out and to uh, do things uh, that he wants me to do. Even when I don't have the strength, because a lot of times, you know, my knees are not good and I got stem cell injections, but they didn't quite work the way we had hoped they would. But you know what? Who cares? I still get up every day. I still want to do God's work. And there's a godly example right over there, Janet. She's the one who, who wakes up every morning and wants to sing with the birds. You know, I have um, birds on my uh, birdie voices, birdie calls on my wake up on my phone. So the sun wakes me up first and then I hear the birds. Woo! And I love it. I just love it. And, um, but anyway, each and every one of you, um, in one way or another, has blessed my life. And through that, then um, only with uh, the help of God and his Holy Spirit um, can fruit show in my life. And that fruit is joy. I try to bring joy every single day to everybody that I meet. I'm not always joyful, but... Um, I try to put on a good face when I'm not. And if I'm not, I might just say, hey, I'm well in the Lord. I might not be so great, but I'm well in the Lord. And I kind of like what Sue said about being a teenager. You know, there is snow on the roof, and I've lived a good many years, more than 70 decades. And you know what? I want to be a teenager, so I'm going to continue growing in Christ. So continue sharing your love with one another. You don't even know. As um, Nicole said, sometimes, and a few of you have said that, sometimes it's just the little itty-bitty things that touch a person's soul. And you're just saying hello to me or giving me a hug. You don't even know what it does for a person unless you're in that place.
face and then someone gives you a hug or someone just says, you look pretty today. Oh my goodness. You know, we don't want to be conceited, but boy, does that make us feel good, doesn't it? <laughs> and so gals, yes, when you pour out blessings, when you use your gifts to bless others, boy, does it reflect back on you. And then you can then reflect the love of Christ. You know, I do a one-to-one -one discipleship with a gal, and she was wondering what she could do because she has a gift um, of loving babies, and her kids are, are growing up. They're teenagers. And, you know, that was always a thing that I love to do. I love to love on the babies. But as I've gotten older, it's more difficult with my knees, picking them up and things like that. Guess what? She now works in the nursery on Sundays, so... She is blessing me by that, and oh, how it feels so good, because then she comes and tells me little anecdotes, or how a baby was crying, and she picked that certain baby up, and boy, did that baby stop and snuggle into her, and I felt like that baby was snuggling into me, girls. So snuggle into one another, love each other, share, share your gifts. Don't be, um, don't be afraid that you're being... Um, uh, puffed up or prideful in sharing your gift because if God gave you that gift, that's exactly what he wants you to do. He does not want you to keep that to yourself. Keep your fire in your belly going, girls, and share your gifts and bless one another. And you all, I'm looking out at each one of you, and I can't think of a one of you that hasn't blessed me. So thank you so much. Does she love her? <laughs> oh man, yeah, Janet or Janet, sorry, J Jeanette. She has many gifts. Um, yeah, a lot. She just she's one of those people. It doesn't matter if you're like a lot younger. She'll just roll to your house and sit with you and chat with you. She's done that with me a few times. Um, but you can see the gift of encouragement. Just whoosh, you know, you hear the exhortation. She's also a prayer warrior. That I know. And you see the gift of, oh, wait, someone stole my notes. Okay, that's okay. We'll roll. Oh, sweet. There they are. <laughs> like, I'll just wing it. <laughs> Thanks, friend. Um, what a blessing. You know, you, you see that. So thank you, God, for just the examples of women pouring out and pouring in. Um, I have about five minutes, and I wanted to close with a word. That's okay, a word, final thoughts, and say again, thank you, Carrie, for doing worship. I don't know where you are, but thank you, Sue. That's an awesome word. Ladies, for sharing your testimonies. Thank you for being willing. It's hard to get up here. It's hard. We know you, we know you love us, but it doesn't mean it's still like, not hard. So being vulnerable and sharing your hearts. Um, so if you're with me at Discerning God, Voice of God, you know how I have gum. I'm taking it out again. That's an inside joke if you did that study with me. I'll put it over here because I can't talk with it. Smush. Okay. So just wanted to follow up. So Sue did a great job just reminding us and how our fruit needs to just be an overflow of our relationship with the Lord and to walk worthy. You hear the exhortation. And just closing out our thoughts, um, Denise asked me to share a few thoughts. So when I was thinking about it, you know, over the last few weeks, um, I always think about Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5. And I was going to just talk about that, and I will. But 
when I was studying, I felt like the Lord's like, back it up a little bit. Just don't go to that big infamous list. Just back it up a little bit. And I started reading, and I noticed, you know, Paul's exhortation. I mean, I know when he wrote it, he didn't write a chapter and verse. But before he ever got to the fruit of the Spirit, he gives his exhortation. And we call it, you know, verse 1. But it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And then again in verse 13, it says, You, my brothers, were called to be free. So with freedom in mind, I want us to pay attention to this tiny little nugget right at the end of the fruit of the Spirit. It's just tucked right away. But I'm going to read it to you, but I want you to pay attention to this tiny little nugget. So Galatians 5.22 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. And by the way, I'm reading NIV. So sorry if it's a little different. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? We're familiar with that. Most of us, but right after is where I want to draw your attention. It says against such things, there is no law against such things. There is no law. See, fruitfulness was never intended to be done in the flesh, in our strength, or done legalistically. We can't muster it up, right? We can't produce real, lasting. We might go for a little while, but we're going to peter out, right? We can't produce the real fruit in the flesh. It it spoils. It's off-putting. It's tainted. You know, right? I mean, I don't have to tell you gals that. You know what happens. Um, But instead... We need to be free. Now, what do I mean by that? This is where the freedom comes in. We need to exchange the yoke of bondage and legalism for freedom. We today, I mean, all throughout, but today with technology increases, there is so much pressure. There's so much pressure to keep up, to keep going, to keep relevant. And sometimes those things can just dominate. Sometimes even just good things can enslave us too. We can be slaves to our jobs. Our ministries, our families, these good works I ought to be doing can also enslave us. Or we can be a slave to our calendars, right? It does happen. We can go overboard. Extremities, extremeness, just it, 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 it happens. Not every good thing is a God thing. So my desire here is to bring some balance to the other side. To look at a nugget of fruitfulness that we don't usually talk about. Because sometimes I think the best way we can be fruitful, now this is not all the time, so hear me on that, but sometimes the best way for us to be fruitful is to say no. Like I loved Nicole when we talked about, hey, my thing isn't to do a meal, you know, but I can do this. I can get a gift, right? You're staying in your lane, right? I love that. That's freedom. That's an example right there of someone walking in freedom. But sometimes we need to say no, Right? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom. We need margin sometimes. We need space. We need room to breathe. And we need to have the freedom to say no without feeling bad about it. Right? Feeling guilt. I know I do. Because I I want to be the need meter. Sometimes the beaver. I want my family to feel blessed. I, I want... I want to meet that person's expectations. I'm the only one who's going to be faithful and I, I need to be dependable and da 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 Right? We can do all that. We can. But should we? 
Why? We need to have freedom to say no without guilt. Why? So that when he does call us and he says yes, or he says go, we can serve him with gladness. Like Psalms 100 says, to serve the Lord with gladness. Tony Evans is a kind of a well-known, you know, Bible, Bible teacher is on K-Wave and a few other things. He has this awesome quote. I'm going to read it to you. And it said, God doesn't want the things you do for him to replace him. He would rather, check this out. He would rather you and I do less for him and more with him. Does that make sense? Less for him, more with him. Good works, I'm not in denial, they require sacrifice. They're called works for a reason. We sweat, we analyze, we pray the thing over, we struggle. You know, there is obviously an element of work in good works. We have to be faithful, we have to walk in obedience. But, but, I'm going to read you another quote. This is awesome. But a free woman possesses the God-given ability to know when he is truly asking her to do something, as well as the God-given ability to know when he's not. Then she has the God-given discernment to know her limits and the authority to know when she needs to cease, stop, in pause, accepting the gentle yoke of Jesus instead of the tyrannical yoke of slavery, because his, his burden is easy, right? His yoke is easy. His burden is light, still work, still sacrifice. But do you see the difference? We're walking in his voice, not our ought tos, our, our opinions. We should, we, this, we, that, you know, we're inviting God to walk with us. So in short, I'm just wanting to exhort, just exhort you, ladies, just to be free. Be free in your fruitfulness. I'm not saying don't do it. Girl, do it. As you can see, you see the fruit. But be led in it. Be led in it. Be free. Yeah, I can do that. No problem. I can't do that this time. And you're free to say no. Maybe next time I can do that. Not this season. I can't say yes this season. But you know what I can do? I can pray. I can't do this instead. Oh, I can't pray, but you know what? I'll give you a gift card for that meal. Here you go. There's alternatives. It's just being sensitive to the spirit to be free in your fruitfulness. Amen. Because against such things, there is no law. Yes. Lord, we thank you for the day. As we close out, Lord, um, our time. I know next week, Lord, we're going to talk more about being free in a different capacity, but... For our purposes, Lord, and all that's been said and shared by so many people, Lord, I pray that you would make those inroads into our hearts, our minds, Lord, that you would help us pull away the nuggets you have for us, that you would free us up to serve you with gladness, to serve you in the right lane, Lord, to just walk with you, not just for you, Lord, but side by side, because you, as many of the ladies have said, you're into the details, Lord, you are intimately acquainted with all of our ways. So Lord, I pray just a blessing upon your word. May it multiply in our hearts and be lived out for your glory in our lives. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.